1: going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Peer Pleasure with Dewey Halpas on Vision Records and Sound Talent Media. I am Dewey, your host with the most, bringing you more great content week after week. Guys, this guest, I have been trying to get on the show for almost two years. Um, this situation was really interesting how it ended up working out. Uh, I can't say it's the weirdest, but it is definitely strange and out of character for the show as far as a couple things. The first thing is it's fairly short. Uh, it's about a half an hour long We usually go an hour, hour and a half Two hours, three hours But in this case uh, I guess I could, I'll tell you who it is It's Jonathan Davis from Corn. Uh, I've been wanting to talk to him for years We've been working it It's been going in and out and in and out uh, COVID stuff, sickness All that stuff just keeps uh, pushing it off um, and, and finally We got to a point where Hey, once tour starts he likes to do interviews after shows, so late at night, which was perfect because I'm on the West Coast. He was touring the East Coast, so late at night for him wasn't so bad for me. Um, but I'm not used to starting an interview at like 10 at night So and and interviewing someone after a show. Because you play a sold-out stadium show or arena show, you're going to be coming off all that adrenaline. It's a super actually great time to do it. Uh, and as you'll hear him say, that's what he likes to do. He likes to do them after shows. Because uh, in the daytime, he's pretty much out, uh, either asleep or or creating or whatever. Um, so, big thanks to Taryn at Velvet Hammer for getting this connected. It was basically like a texting basis. Hey, do you want to just be <laughs> kind of on call for this if it's going to happen? And I was like, absolutely. I'll just head down to the studio. I got other work to do anyway. We'll see what happens. And then the text comes through Hey, he's heading to the hotel. I'll be there in 20 minutes. Can you do it? I said, absolutely. So, uh, I still follow my tried and true method uh of less prep is better. Um, but this half an hour chat was literally packed with so many things that we just started talking about. We probably could have gone for four hours, but I think it came out pretty well. I think uh I learned a lot that I didn't know before, uh, which is some somewhat hard to do with someone that's been around so long that I've been listening to since I was in middle school. Um but I, I just was so excited to get this one in the books. Uh, I was so excited to get the animation done for this by the amazing Lacey. Uh, you'll see that on the Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff. Um, everything just came together as it should and when it should. If I did this two years ago, I may not have been in the position to pull off a decent interview uh, or a decent conversation uh, in, the, in the parameters that were set. But you know what? I decided to try it, and it worked out well, I think. I had a blast. It felt like five minutes. When I listened back to it, it felt like an hour. So I think you guys are going to enjoy it. Corn has a new record out called Requiem, um, and I've had Brian uh, head on twice. Um, We're going to try to get some more guys on, but uh, it was awesome to get Jonathan on the show, and he was super accommodating and very, just a very sweet person. Uh, with a lot of cool things to talk about. So, I think you guys are going to enjoy this. Uh, let's get some business out of the way and then we'll get things rolling. So, rockabilia.com is sponsoring the show once again. It's been a long time since we were on Jabberjaw Media, uh, but Frankie and Rockabilia have come back on to sign up to sponsor the show. Uh, and today's guest is Jonathan Davis of Corn. They have tons of Corn merchandise on rockabilia.com. Peer 15, P-E-E-R 15 is the code. It will get you 15% off your order. Uh, they have over 500,000 items officially licensed from the bands. You've heard me say it a ton of times before, but it is true. Officially licensed merchandise from the bands. So you can go get yourself a corn shirt or a corn hoodie. Um, they also have Jonathan Davis's solo merch as well. Um, he's done so many projects. Um, they have just a, a slew of merchandise. So definitely check out rockabilia.com. That's rockabilia.com, P-E-E-R P E 15 for 15% off your total order. And we're really glad to have them on as a sponsor. You're going to be hearing a lot of these ads coming up for them because uh, I believe in what they're doing. And uh, I, I really, that I need that to be the case if I'm going to advertise for a show uh, or for a, sorry, for a, uh, if I'm going to advertise for a a brand and Frankie at Rockabilia is awesome. So check out rockabilia.com and enter the code PEER15. Peerpleasurepodcast.com is the website if you want to see all the episodes, merch, publicity, any of that stuff uh, you can find there. If you want to show someone the show, definitely uh, send them to the website. Peerpleasurepod at gmail.com is the email if you want to get in touch with me with guest ideas, comments, questions, anything like that. Um, that That's the easiest way to do so. Uh, you can join the Facebook group, the Peer Pleasure Podcast Inner Circle on Facebook. Uh, there you'll kind of see who's coming up. Uh, I give the opportunity to ask questions of the guests if time and, uh, and their schedule permits. It doesn't always happen, but it's definitely something to get in on early. Um, and we have the premium service, which is peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm. There you have the videos of the episodes, the past cast that I do with some other podcasters, as well as the ad-free feed. So I assume probably from this episode, episodes like this where the guest is a a massive musical celebrity um, that a lot of you listening may be listening for the first time. Um, If you are, welcome. Uh, We appreciate you listening. Hopefully you stick around uh, and check out the other episodes. Like I said, we've had Brian Head Welch on twice. Uh, We've had Chino Moreno on twice. Uh, We've had Paige Hamilton from Helmet, uh, Dennis from Refused. Um, man, I, the list goes on and on and on and on. I mean, punk legends like Milo from the descendants, Jello Biafra, Ian McKay, Fugazi, um, I could, I could mention a bunch of them. I'm going to start actually listing out the episodes and maybe picking a few that are pertinent for when you guys, uh, listen to the intro. So there's maybe some that you've missed, uh, it may help out. There's a, a, a podcast I listen to called the vinyl guide. Uh, Nate Goyer is the host. He's an awesome guy, and he does that, and I really like how he does that. He has someone on like Spot who did all like the Black Flag records and and uh, stuff like that, and then he brings up, oh, I've had you know Keith Morris on, which we have as well, uh, Chuck Dukowski, Henry Rollins, and he gives the episode number so you can go back and check those out as well. I think it's a great idea. So Nate, if you're listening, thank you for that idea. Um, uh, I think it works well for him, and we may try to start doing that soon. So, like I said uh, in my rambling. These intros aren't usually this long, but this is a short episode. Um, but if it's your first time listening, definitely subscribe. Shoot me an email. Let me know what you think of the show. Uh, we're glad to have you, and uh, thank you to all of you who come back week after week. I really appreciate that, and I love being able to bring these big guests to you as well. Um, this show's kind of become known for that, and I, I don't know how, but it, it definitely has. And I don't, uh, I, I'm humbled by it. I don't, I don't take it for granted. Uh, I really try to do the best I can with these. and and um, when the the big things come through, it's really a rewarding experience um, to share it with you. So uh, thank you guys so much. Um, all right, let's get into this one, guys. Here is my conversation with Mr. Jonathan Davis from Corn.
0: me to make Thanks, you, for man. waiting around for me. I'm Dude. good. I appreciate it. Sorry, I didn't mean to leave you hanging.
1: No, not at all, man. I was already out here and, and doing some ad reads and stuff for some future stuff, and, and uh, it just worked out really well, man. Perfect. And uh, I will say this. In 276 episodes and five and a half years, I have never done one of these post-show.
0: <laughs> you know what? I get that from a lot of people. They're like, I've never done an interview this late at night or at, i'm weird i like doing them after shows and i like do it when i'm on tour and then when i'm home i don't i don't operate during the day hours <laughs> i'm up i'm up most all night because i just that just it's just natural for me i'm more nocturnal so yeah um and it always was made they made me get up early but now i'm like this far into the game i don't care I if they want to talk to me they'll do it at fucking <laughs> if not, it's all good i mean i understand i get it but i'm just not gonna get up
1: dude. <laughs> it's cool. i completely understand man i completely understand i've started doing the same thing here and there where it's like you know what uh in this situation uh it was different because we've been, i've been trying to do this one for a long time and uh so i was like hey whenever we can do this make it as easy as possible because i that's understand the situation and and uh we have a, a mutual friend in chino moreno he said he was going to text you this week and be like hey this dude's not an idiot <laughs> but oh, uh right on uh he's been on the I show love twice my Chino man and oh, uh dude,
0: he's dude, i
1: love him oh he's the best he's and, such uh, a dear
0: friend of mine man. i love i wish i could hang out more
1: dude he's dude, we were uh,
0: little kids together bro
1: that's crazy
0: we're little kids playing his 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 club and they come play our club I was there was first son was born and just like so many things just we're just like a family back then it was
1: awesome yeah man that's wild that's wild so that was Bakersfield right so you were you, you familiar with Jerry's was, Pizza then <laughs> yeah well I'm
0: back in Bakersfield but at the time we were living in Huntington Beach okay all that was going on but um yeah that Jerry's Pizza Bakersfield is Jerry's Pizza's is the west coast CBGB's
1: Dude, yes, it is. That place is crazy. You play there so many times. had gear stolen from there, like people running up those stairs with a bass guitar and just like booking it with the whole tour chase. <laughs> it's crazy.
0: <Bakersfield> is crazy. <laughs> I've been back there over 12 years now. It's home and I love it. I love the, the vibe. It's just like this old rockabilly, weird. I said the best thing about Bakersfield I is like living in a David Lynch film.
1: Pretty oh, there much. You go. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's pretty cool. Dude. <laughs> I love it. Dude. Yeah. I'm not going to talk shit about it. I mean, it's my hometown. I like it, but there's like, there's shitty people like everywhere, oh, but of course. it's, it's, it's got this great vibe and a lot of great music's come out of Bakersfield. Nash, Bakersfield was considered Nashville West in the fifties, sixties and seventies. Um, and corn came out of Bakersfield and started a different kind of, you know, music. So it's like that place breeds a lot of good talent
1: it's so crazy how much changed when you guys came out like i was in middle school and it completely blew my mind back in alaska like wasilla alaska i bought the first record wow. at power sounds it was a car stereo store that started mm-hmm. selling cds and uh i picked it up there and it changed it was nuts we, we had no idea
0: we're just playing music coming from our heart we had no idea what it was about ready to do
1: dude it yeah, it changed the world i discovered that before i discovered punk rock like it was the first like shift from stuff my parents were listening to or buying for me for christmas uh because mm-hmm. i bought it on my own like i looked at the cover i was like oh my god what is this and and uh from there on out just changed everything <laughs> that's so cool <laughs> i live hearing those stories it's right here, well here's the other thing like so we we i got that record this was back in the 90s so like i was in alaska till 2000 and then I, we started touring and so i i didn't get to see you guys until february
0: 2020 really
1: dude first show was at the moda center here i was supposed to meet chino there uh mm-hmm. and i think you guys met up earlier in the day and he got me into that show he's like hey you want to roll the corn and i was like yes i do and uh that was my first corn show Fucking wow. 20 or 30 almost 30 years after uh insane and it was fantastic but i i was we were always on tour when you guys were so like we were right. never in the same place so i never got the chance um and just, just the terms just, that man, it was on was crazy. Cool. Like you know, just <laughs> me meeting Cheeto and, and, I, then, and then like, young, hey, you want to go see corner <laughs> night? <laughs> yeah, sure I do. Okay, yeah, here we go. Yeah, like I, you know. That's rad, yeah. I'm sure you've had those God. experiences where you, you meet your heroes and and or your heroes come to you, which is fucking crazy.
0: It drives I mean, dude. We played a show in London one time, and my poor fucking brain just I thought it was gonna explode. I met Gary Newman, Robert Smith, and Simon Le Bon, they all came to my show.
1: In the same night. That's fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was gonna fucking faint. <laughs> but you <laughs> was didn't. Amazing. You held your own. But I
0: didn't. No, I held my own, but yeah, those were like my heroes. When I was a kid, it was like the first thing when I first heard a Cure fucking, or Duran Duran, or like, yeah. Th- those bands, that, that time when I was in high school, or junior high, that those were my heroes and those it's so crazy when we went on the tour with Ozzy the first time I was just like Uh, oh my god and I got my first gold record from Ozzy and Sharon they came in with uh, a big uh, ice chest full of beer and and a big plaque and said congratulations you went gold and I just like pinch me (laughs) this is insane so yeah I know those those a lot
1: yeah it's rad it's it's there's nothing more uh uh validating than than something like that like when one of your heroes comes up and is like hey i like what you do yeah just nothing like it i uh uh i thought i i got an instagram message from chino randomly just saying hey i live in portland i'd like to talk to you and i thought it was a scam so i almost deleted it and i oh. didn't and it turned out to be real and it was because he was a fan of the show and i was like this is so fucked up dude i've listened to the record since the first record like made my dad buy me a fucking windbreaker and some dickies pants because of that record and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden fast forward and we're in a whole different situation um but same thing with corn. Like, if you told myself, like, back in middle school that, you know, 30 years from now, we're going to be on a video chat, uh, hamming it up after a fucking arena show, I would have said, get the fuck out of here. I
0: yeah, know, man. Life is very strange. It throws curveballs all the time. Yeah. It's, it's, it's what makes it so interesting to live. Dude. It really does.
1: How, so right now, I mean, you're back at the hotel. I, I'm still shocked that we're doing this after a show, but like I mean your voice sounds great. Uh like yeah, what I'm is down.
0: Your, I do all this stuff.
1: Yeah, what's your post-show routine? I'm curious because I've never actually asked that. Well, oh, there's a
0: whole thing. It's a the pre-show, I start like two and a half hours before I even go on stage. Oh, I shit. go through all these like I have to lay on these blocks and do all this stretching to just get my body loosened up. I'm a 51 man. <laughs> so I gotta loosen myself up. And then we do stretching routine and then I get time to eat, and then after that, usually it's time to warm up. And so I get back on the table, and we use this thing called the hypervolt, and this DMS—it's a deep muscle stimulator—and they and that just pounds and breaks out all the lactic acid or uric acid—I think it's lactic, whatever the acid he tells my trainer tells me—and <laughs> and gets that out of muscles, gets my, my body all warmed up, and then I jump off the table and then I do an, a half-hour warm-up. A vocal warm up, and then I get dressed, and then it's time to go. That's go time. And then so I play the show, and then I come right off stage, I walk right in the dressing room, and then do another 15 minute warm down vocally. Then I eat, and then I'm back on the table, warming down the muscles. And then I take a shower, and um, come here, and I'm on the bus, and now I'm talking to you. And that's what it works. <laughs>
1: That's insane, dude. I, I love that because it's, I, I mean, all that, that show adrenaline is either still there starting to wear off. And uh, I was just, I was really interested to see like what this would be like at this time of night. And at this, this juncture with, with being, you know, just, you just played an arena. Like it's uh like, it's just another night. It's awesome. But I'm sure every night is is just absolute insanity and and such an awesome place to be yeah you know in front of people I, again.
0: I love it i love being up there i love playing um it never gets boring it never gets old sometimes you're not in the mood but you get up there on stage and you see the crowd and you see the faces like tonight it makes it so worth it there was this little boy in the front row tonight he had this little corn cap on and he was just Shouting every lyric to me And I went down And I looked him right in the square In the eyes And I looked down right in my mouth You rocked him And that kid I thought Was in a faint He was so happy <laughs> He grabbed his dad And he's all Dad, dad, dad He said hi And throughout the whole show I was just throwing him You know Throwing him horns and stuff And just that excitement And that just innocence And just the, the How badass that is And he'll remember that forever That it's like I had this epiphany That's like wow, That's why I'm still up on stage Doing what I do Yeah Those moments right there to impact, you know, I remember my first rock show, just all that stuff. If that stuff happened, it's just so cool, man. And it was just a great night. But, you know, it can get at times a little bit like Groundhog's Day, the movie. It's the same thing. It's the same routine over and over again. The only thing that changes is, you know, I'm playing shows, but I love playing shows, but just a different place. So it can give you a little mind numbing and it's and it's hard. And there's times where are just like, oh, I can't do this. But you get through them it's fun do you
1: have those- never never
0: yeah you have those days but i have never i'm i'm totally so lucky and so blessed to keep doing what i'm doing this late in my career i'm very happy
1: it's incredible man it's incredible the stuff you guys have accomplished and, and uh just you know for so many years it's just it, it, when anyone does anything for that long it's impressive but to do what you're doing is and, and at the level you're operating on uh is is it's, it's amazing and you know, well deserved. You guys have put in the work and the time, and the, and I mean, from the very beginning, you know, getting people to the shows on that. What was it? The party bus? You guys used to bring people into shows. Yeah, shit we like
0: to, that's how we got. Well, that's the old Sunset Strip where you had to pay to play shit.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah.
0: So we would do that, but we would sell tickets, and it would, the ticket included the ticket, and drinks. We get we we'd get a keg and put it on the bus, mm-hmm. so you got you could get drunk or drink on the bus, get to the show, watch the show and a free ride home. And that was our thinking behind it. And we would do those. We do them all the time. And we bring a, a shit ton of people in the bus and they'd show up at the clubs. It'd be the whiskey or the Roxy, wherever we were playing. And the promoters loved it. And the show started getting bigger and bigger. People yeah. started really like What is this band? And it just took off from there. But we never, we really, we didn't get signed out of Los Angeles. We just signed out of San Diego. That was, was crazy really? in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. We played this, uh, we played this club called dream street there and it was an ocean beach. And that was the first time. Um, and we had other labels come out and see us, but we, that's when we first met Paul Pontius. That was the A&R guy for immortal records mm-hmm. who eventually assigned us. And he came up to tons of shows. And that was the first show he came up and goes, introduce himself. to I'm named Paul. I'm on this label of mortal records and let's do a record. And we were like really excited because we had other guys come out they're like, Oh, we'll do you a demo deal. We'll get you in the studio. So it sounds like, but this is a straight up deal. Here's some money, go we'll make a record. And yeah, that's all we wanted to do. We just wanted to get signed and make a record. And that's what exactly what we did. We got in there with Ross mm-hmm. and did that first record and the rest is history, man. Yeah. But it was a lot of playing. We just played like crazy and we fucked. We, we pulled stickers over the one uh, of the guys that rehearsal studio we, we rehearsed that it was called underground chicken sound it was at Huntington beach and
1: what's going on guys this is dewey from peer pleasure and i want to tell you about our newest sponsor DistroKid. DistroKid distributes your music across all online platforms They are an amazing company. I've enjoyed working with them the last few weeks, and they're going to be with us for a while, and I really, really appreciate that. I love working with great companies, and DistroKid is one of them. Uh, They have an awesome thing they're doing right now called Splits. Now, if you're working, as most people are, online doing collaborations with people from all over the country, all over the world, as easy as that is with the Internet, Uh, You want to get those people paid when you put that music online, and splits can do that. You can add an unlimited amount of collaborators to any track. You can change the splits at any time. You can add or remove collaborators at any time. You can see previous splits, and all your collaborators are going to have to do is sign up for a DistroKid membership, a DistroKid account, so they can get paid. And as always, DistroKid never takes a cut. You and your collaborators get 100% of the earnings in total. A couple other awesome things that they do is they set up an official artist YouTube channel. Uh, You can use Spotify Canvas, synced Lyrics, promo card to promote your release on social media, a mini video for your socials as well. There's just so many awesome things about using DistroKid. And like I said, I don't advertise things I don't use, haven't signed up for. I have signed up for this. It is a breeze, literally a breeze. Slash PPP for thirty percent off. Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?"
0: Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha! In my dentist's office.
1: Um, So being able to give you guys that little bit of extra is a big deal to me. And having your support is a big deal to me because if we don't support our artists and creatives, we're not going to have any left. So I appreciate it. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. Go sign up today and get some of this premium pleasure.
0: Uh, The owner named Jeff, he was awesome. And he, he had his screen printing business in the back and he would let us go and me and him, and Monk, whoever, we spent up all night pulling stickers, right? And then that's how we got the, the word out. We would take those stickers and slap them on stop signs all over the beach, everywhere we would go up and down California. There was a corn sticker on every stop sign, and people start saying, "What the hell is this corn? What is it? Is it a band? What is this?" And <laughs> it, it helped. We were our best PR because <laughs> we'd go out there every night. It was like the old census trip where you go flying. We just go slap stickers everywhere. It was fun. Dude, that's so, rad.
1: Uh, it was that's rad. Uh, do you do you know Shepard Ferry? Okay, he does the the obey giant and the obey uh Andre has a posse oh, okay, guy. Okay. I know that. Okay, yes, yes. He used to do that with the obey State. It had nothing on it just said obey and that and he would put it everywhere. And he Yeah, uh, some everywhere. What is it? Phenomenology, they call it or something, how people just like gravitate towards it and it becomes a part of their part of their uh culture, part of their uh, uh I don't know the right word for it. But it worked like the same with what you're saying, like just that repetition and that that um,
0: just always seeing them on, on yeah. stop signs and fire hydrants and all the stuff we did. That was it, it definitely helped and worked and just where we could, you know, our main hubs were Sacramento, obviously Orange County, L.A. and San Diego. And that's just we did up and down, just did that whole circuit as much as we could.
1: Man. That's so wild, dude. I I have so many things. I have so many things I would love to ask about just because uh I mean so many years, but there's one thing I heard uh, like a while back I think you did Steve-O's podcast and you yes. mentioned I knew you had worked in a in a in a coroner's office, but did yeah. you say you actually performed autopsies? Yeah. Like you're, you you did, did it that. yourself. Yes. Holy shit. Can mm-hmm. you talk about that for a second? That's intense.
0: I mean, it was intense. I did it for high school. There was this thing called ROP, Regional Occupation Program. And I was in the hospital health class. And that was like, you know, they put you in, you take the class, you learn basic, you know, first aid, stuff like that. If you're going to the hospital, then you get, you can choose what job you want to do. A lot of people did respiratory therapy or EKG tech. Mm -hmm. But no, I mean, they, they said, oh yeah, we have the coroner's office. And my dark ass was like, oh, okay. I want to go cut up bodies. I think that'll be fun. Um, so at first I was like, because I loved horror films and all this, I just wanted to check it out. So I go, and little I know, I had to go through three three interviews in a psych evaluation. <laughs> I was 17 years old and I got the gig and I'll never forget the first day I saw my first dead body. It was a young person that got killed in... A car accident and it forever changed my life, man. May, I, I came face to face with my own mortality.
1: Yeah.
0: And it was good, but also bad because after doing that for so long, I, I, I did autopsies on children, babies, you know, a lot of senses, so it's just it's a lot of bad stuff. I shouldn't have been around that early because mm-hmm. I thought it was cool and all that stuff, but you build up this wall to save yourself and. Eventually I left the the coroner's office and I went to San Francisco and went to mortuary college there and became a mortician. It's just when you wake up every day and you deal with dying and death and the depression, it really took a toll on me. It made me very, very, it made me very emotionless because you have to do that or you'll go nuts. Um, But at that time, I mean, I loved it. It was a very, very interesting line of work. Um, I learned so much from the pathologist because I was a, an assistant. I did most the cutting where the doctor would take the, the, the insides and he would pick whatever specimen he wanted. and They put them in jars and they test them and do whatever they do. Um, I would just like most of the grunt work, sewing them up, doing the cutting and doing all that stuff. So, um, But it was at the time I was really into it. And then it was later on that it nipped me in the butt when I started having nightmares of weird stuff going on because yeah i was kind of scary. It was kind of messed up and there's nothing as heavy as you know doing an autopsy on a five-year-old it's oh just pretty heavy yeah yeah so it kind of it was it was i was intrigued by it but there's i mean i built up such a wall and such all the no emotions around it just to really push away the actual fact of what i was doing mm-hmm. that makes sense yeah and i really wanted to do it as a profession i went to to, like I said, went to Mortuary College. I was going to be a bomber and I wanted to work at the coroner's office being a reserve deputy coroner. And I did all that stuff, but I was doing all this to make my father happy because he was a musician. He didn't want me to follow in his footsteps and they wanted me to get a real job. And I got through it two years. I did it for three, well, I did in high school, then I went to college. And then I was doing my apprenticeship for two years and then I'm like, I can't, I love music <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> to music. So I gave all that up and, you know, I had a house, I had the car, I had all the things I had a, a career. I could have totally been good, but I decided to just throw it all away, take a job at pizza hut and live underneath some stairs in the guy's house that they were all renting. And I didn't make enough money. I just, just could rent the actual closet <laughs> and just do what I wanted to do. And that's how I did it. I mean, we did that first demo with Ross, mm-hmm. started shopping and all that, all that whole time I was living, you know, I could barely eat Yeah, and I worked at Pizza Hut and all my money would go to rent and all that. And was like everybody does, I mean, we all struggle and that was part of it. I was, that was, but I was happy. I wasn't cutting bodies and I was making, I was making music and doing stuff that made me happy.
1: Dude. That's the best days of your life, right there. Is is that like famine state where you bring yeah, everything we're just into it? Top
0: ramen every night. Yeah, <laughs> top ramen and the pizza. Because I ordered pizza, I could get a freaking pizza home that fed me one time a day. But Dude. yeah, all the all that. That's <laughs> like that. Those are the
1: good days. You're speaking my language, man. We worked at Little Caesars in Alaska, and we practiced there after closing, and we would have three different pizzas in the fridge, one for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and the toppings would coincide because we could eat for free, and everything you went to rent. Oh, dude. Yeah, you,
0: your whole thing went for rent.
1: Yes. You didn't get
0: food. You could get rent and toilet paper. That, those are the <laughs> necessities.
1: <laughs> we drove gear to Anchorage to play shows in the Little Caesars van with the district manager oh it was incredible that's so the best days of your life and totally (laughs) and it ends up doing all this man like this uh i i wish we knew the best days of our lives when they were happening you know like those formative years when of course you get stressed out and stuff because you're poor and broke and and uh yeah you're just doing what you love and that's all that matters at that point you don't have kids yet you don't have obligations it's just as long as I can get enough ramen noodles or pizza to to live today, I'm fine. You're fine, but then and that's life it. changes <laughs> totally.
0: Things get more complicated.
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly, dude. Uh, I man, I I love that we're talking now because um, you see him at such a better headspace, like everything. And when I was hearing the the this new record, like in pieces as it was coming out, like I could feel the positivity. Like, the I could feel that, um, I mean, the the name says it all, but, like, the I could feel that shift, and it, it was awesome. And, and the other thing I wanted to say really quickly with Ross is, I don't mm-hmm. know if you know the guys in The Used, but when they did that record with Ross, we talked about it, and Ross was, like, everyone was sitting around in a circle and hugging each other and telling each other how much they appreciated each other. And, like, it was all about, like, kumbaya, granola, and love versus when you guys were in there like going like just balls to the wall it was such a different experience it seemed like like i don't know if it was the band or if it was just he's progressed over the years into a different realm but i thought that was interesting the ultimate
0: wizard to get performances out of people whatever Mm -hmm. they're going for is what he's going to do so for us for instance it was pulling all those dark places and and you know Doing all this, doing all the things to, to get those performances out of me. If it went to the point where I wanted to kill him, he'd get excited. Like when we did Three, he kept fucking with Ray so much that Ray really seriously wanted to fight him, and that made him happy because the, the angst and the hatred towards Ross made Ray play with fire.
1: Yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's all a part. Of it. And then then he's like, "Hey man, it's no need. I was just trying to get a good performance. I love you, man. It's all good." So. And I love Ross. I talked to him still. We talk all the time. Yeah. Um he's good at what he's doing, he's a genius at what he does. And he was a big part of, you know, when we got in the studio, he was a big part of that, us figuring everything out. We mm-hmm. all came up together. It was his first record, our first record, and we just figured it out and did it.
1: Dude. Uh, man, and you guys could probably talk about that cure record he did too with uh with Steve Evans. Like that story yeah. is wild too. Uh but man i i'm just really i'm i'm really stoked at at the place you're in because I've been uh you know a listener for for almost thirty years now uh right. and all the ups and downs and and uh and back and forth and stuff and just i mean i always i always gravitated towards what you do because it was real like it was it was real like whatever came from it uh whether mm-hmm. it's stuff it influenced and stuff like that that people would say you know this is just you know, uh, like the, the whole, like the genre itself that people were like, Oh, this is just fabricated, blah, blah, blah. You guys were real and I could feel it mm-hmm. in my bones. And that's, that's where I gravitated towards. That's why, like, I'd look at the, totally. the hit hit Raider circus magazine, uh, back then and be like, you could just see it in the yeah. in the live shots. You could hear it in the sounds. And that when, when Brian was telling me about, uh, in daddy, where you can hear him laughing in the background Mm -hmm. like i was i was literally like sitting up in my van on back medication like at the doctor's office doing the interview and i had never heard that and how he thought it was like wasn't real until he fucking realized it was and then it clicked for him too even in the band yeah that was that wasn't even
0: planned we had no fucking i just thought the song was done yeah i was just coming down with it sick-ass Ross lift the tape running yeah of course <laughs> <laughs> it's like and it went and it kept going all that time until you at the end you hear it it's, tape runs out it just it was the end of the tape but you know none of us knew that I was an I just came out of nowhere and then all that pain that I just pushed down and just didn't want to deal with her it, and it just all exploded right then and there yeah and that was this really crazy moment. I don't really like talking about that much, but it's just like, it was really, yeah, that was one of those moments, like this band's real. And from the day one, I couldn't sing or do anything that wasn't from the heart. It wasn't real. You know? Yeah. No, I don't just high roll. I can't, I can't do it. I mean, that's just how I, that's how I, am. it's my being. That's what makes
1: it's it my great heart. though. That's what makes it great. Yeah. And the, the the leaving the tape on thing. We don't need to talk about that stuff, but like the, the just leaving the tape on, uh, leaving the camera on, uh, even in conversation like this, like you wait an extra second and someone may say something even more profound than they were already saying. If you don't jump in on top of it, like it's little things like that, uh, like that movie, The Joker, where Joaquin climbs into the refrigerator, that was mm-hmm. that was not planned. He left the camera on and he just did that. And it's one of the most haunting scenes of the movie. Like, cool. just like Ross leaving the camera or the, the mic on, like you capture a mic realness. And, uh, I mean, it, and it's just bound to happen. If you're with a real person, you're going to get the Definitely real deal.
0: you get the real deal.
1: Dude. Um, I, I just, it's, it's so cool to see, uh, what comes out of that stuff, you know, and, and, and all these years later, um, the stuff you're putting out is just crushing. And, uh, but like I said, like there's a that. positive, there's a positive feel to Requiem. Like, yeah, there is. And I'm, I'm. It's so cool to to watch you come from that angle. When well, so much it was, much a return, is
0: dark. To, it was a return to four men. That's the first record I've done in about four or five records that we were all in the same room together. Mm-hmm. That I think that was a big part of the magic because usually, like I said, the boys go to when they did the last two records with Nick. They went to Nashville. Mm-hmm. And they wrote everything and would cinch it to me. But Dad was there from the from the minute. And those guys were trying to guess. What do you, do you think he'll like this? Do you think is this going to inspire him to do something? And with me being right there, yeah, I like that. No, no I'm not feeling that. It just mm-hmm. we could just get through all that noise and find the right songs and and make something great.
1: Dude, there's magic. There's magic in in uh, in being together in the same room. I mean, it's been true since music began. You know, yeah brings people together, even just you guys. It brings you together. Yeah. Um, Totally. Dude. Well, man, Jonathan, I we're at our half hour mark, man. I I don't wanna I wanna be respectful of your time and and um, uh dude. I this has been great. This has been a a really fun chat, and um I've looked forward to it for a long time and and, uh just thank you for what you do, man. And uh, you know, been in my life since I was in middle school and uh,
0: that's amazing man i'm glad you like the band and we appreciate you for sure absolutely that's, i love hearing stories from from people that listen to music back when they were the kids on up just i don't know makes it so cool to me
1: dude it really does i i i'm glad i, I even our our first guitar player joe actually in art class made a box or a shop class made a box that had the corn logo on it uh that he would Whoa. stash shit in like <laughs> cigarettes and drugs <laughs> and beer That's amazing. and uh uh yeah it was it was even even back then we were skateboarding that was on our skateboards like it was on our notebooks that kind of shit was was awesome and it's it's just uh it's awesome to see you guys still going strong and and doing what you do and and uh man you you're welcome back on anytime on this show man you want to if you want to do it again I, this has been awesome Love and, to you, man. and uh yeah
0: let's do it again sometime soon
1: yeah Right on, brother. We'll get some sleep, get some restorative sleep, so you can do it again tomorrow. And uh, yeah, man, thank you very much. You're
0: welcome, bro. Thanks for doing this for us. All right, take care. Right. Take care, bro. Bye. Goodbye. Okay, bye.
1: All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that short and sweet conversation with Jonathan Davis from Corn. Um, if you, if for some reason, you've not heard of Corn, definitely check them out. I'm sure you have. I'm sure if you're here and listening this long, uh, you've either listened to the show before or maybe your first time. If it's your first time, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you subscribe. I hope you check out some of the other 281 episodes of the show. Uh, I guarantee there's something in there you're going to enjoy, even if it's just one episode. uh, I can guarantee you will probably enjoy one of those. Uh, Anyways, thank you guys so much for coming back week after week. Thank you again to Taryn at Velvet Hammer. Uh, Thank you to Taylor at Velvet Hammer um, for starting this whole thing uh, a couple years back. Uh, and and following through with that and passing it off to the right people, um, uh, the people at Velvet Hammer are amazing. Um, they've been so gracious to the show, um, both on mic and off mic. Um, just a great family of people. So thank you to everyone at Velvet Hammer uh, for supporting what we're doing here and believing in the show. Uh, it means a lot when a, when a company of that caliber with that kind of um, those kind of, of bands that they manage. Um, just huge. I mean, System of Down, Corn, Smash Pumpkins, uh, Deftones. It's it's the roster's insane. But uh, a big thanks to them. So I'll stop. Uh, I'll stop rambling. Uh, thank you so much for coming back. I love each and every one of you very much. Uh, I hope this episode finds you well. I hope you guys are being safe and healthy out there. I hope you're doing kind things for others. Um, and just being good people. Um, And you're awesome for listening to this. So you're already winning today. If this is the only good thing you did today, congratulations. Uh, You're off the hook. (laughs) All right, guys, Uh, I'm going to get out of here. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, we'll see you on the radio.
0: Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder, Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan.
1: If you're a diehard Springsteen
0: fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Numbut the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much! We'll be seeing you!